0: All right, so you know my buddy uh, Brian Stone. Yeah, we're good friends Stone of ours. Stone on Air. The Stone on Air podcast, yeah. Uh, so he, me and him decided to go grab a few drinks and do some day drinking on Saturday. Really, my favorite thing in the world to do on Saturdays is to day drink, start uh, pretty early. We went to a very respectable restaurant slash bar around 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. Uh, it was, well, a time for fighting. So it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of a packed place at the time. And so around the corner, I noticed just a couple of people sitting there I don't think anything of it but you know me and Brian we tend to be a tad loud we do talk at a very elevated uh, decibel level I've just been listening to you two go back and forth screaming MF GD screaming this screaming that I just wanted you to shut the hell up he gets up out of his seat this giant man is now in my face and that's when he started losing his mind the manager comes in over and now is grabbing him off of us. He escorts him off of the property. The people next to him are like this is a nice place but that guy's making this terrible for me. They literally leave the meal they don't even pay. The women next to us are screaming at the fat guy saying you're at a bar dude. What do you expect people to be talking like? All of this chaos is working around us and by the way me and Brian can be sort of hotheads. We're the only calm ones in the
1: entire building. What the hell is that?
2: What would you say? You do here? Weekly Dose.
1: Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy.
3: Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you.
2: Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man.
3: Look, Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an
1: amazing guy.
2: It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Nothing.
1: And note to self, don't eavesdrop on people's conversations, get mad at what they say, cause a scene in the bar, get kicked out, and all the while look like a jackass. I meant don't die, sorry, I meant don't die. Welcome in, everybody, to the Stone on Air podcast. Interesting week, to say the least. This is the weekly dose for August 15th, 2018. Thanks for finding the show. And now for the at least second week in a row, maybe even third, I've had these topics that I've wanted to get to that I have some audio for and I have some direction I want to go to that are more national. I don't want to call them generic because they're not generic, but they're not specific to this exact minute. Facebook, the susceptibility to terror, to, uh, cyber terrorist attacks through social media, and some other stuff, I don't have my list or my memo pad in front of me right now. And once again, another week where there's a bunch of stuff going on all around me that seemed for better show fodder. And uh, that's there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, it, it makes the job simple. And um, so this week, I scratched any of those ideas I already had. And I think I'm going to do some more of those next week. Real quick, I'll tell you about next week. Uh, the day job that I have is a really good job and um, it's a really it's a pretty easy job to be honest with you but the the main reason I got the gig and uh, was able to be employed by this company was that they needed a backup for one of their guys in Knoxville cuz they didn't at that point didn't have anybody that could cover for this dude if he had to be out for whatever reason sick vacation call out emergency whatever and the good news is he's a very reliable employee so getting sideswiped or blindsided, you know, oh, you got to do this today. Now doesn't appear that that's going to be the case. But when he is off, I have to fill in for him. Very boring to explain to you what it is. I will just tell you it's a bunch of data entry, uh, bank deposits, and inventory for uh, 65 counties worth of beer deliveries. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of work and it totally sucks. And I've so it's it is my job security though. For the first time, I'm doing it for an entire week next week, which is going to mean my, my work days are from noon until, if I'm lucky, 10 p.m. So that's going to jack up next week's everything. Radio show, it's going to jack up the uh, the podcast schedule, everything. So what I'll try to do is make it a, a podcast over the weekend that's just kind of cookie-cutter, that's not time-specific, and I can just drop it in in the middle of next week. That's the goal anyway. If worst-case scenario comes down to it, I might have to just take a bye week next week, and maybe I'll try to make up with it to the week after that. I don't know. We'll see. This is a busy time the end of the year for me, and then that leads also up to the um, – to the Rail and Hops Brewers Festival that I'm working all day on Saturday too, so next week is going to be absolutely exhausting. And but it's good, it's fine, it's good. I mean, I'm 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 happy about it. I don't know how much I'm looking forward to it, but I'm happy about it. So maybe I'll be able to get that done into uh, into the weekend and for next week's show. So. Real quick, speaking of the Rail and Hops Brewers Festival, it is Saturday, August 25th. It's taking place on the Saturday when we were all used to going to the Southern Brewers Festival. It was kind of the idea behind doing it. It's not going to be anything like the Southern Brewers Festival, which in most ways, if you're asking me, is good. Because the Southern Brewers Fest ran its course. I was tired of that damn thing. It was fun for 20 years. It served its purpose. Time to move on. This is going to be a more localized thing. Lots of local music on the Chadnikochuchu campus there in the Glenn Miller uh, Gardens, the courtyard there, kind of area over by the rail cars. Uh, 25 to 30 brewers, six, seven bands. Starts at six, goes to 11. Railandhops.com. I'll be set up down there doing stage announcements. Probably record a show live and uh, and just hang out all day. Hopefully the weather will work out. I mean, it'll be hot as hell no matter what. But uh, hopefully we don't get any kind of stupid rain and nastiness and if, if we do, it's a rain or shine event. So we'd love to see you down there. $45 in advance, 50 day of and you might be thinking, "What? Jesus Christ, what? 50, 45? Well, it it's once you pay to get in, you're in. You don't have to buy tokens or buy more beers or excuse me, tokens to buy more beers. It's tastings all night starting at six for uh, for the 45 and uh, in, in advance and 50 day of. So if you factor that in, it's it's, I believe, a very uh, fine deal, a very uh, fair deal. So the two things I'm gonna do today, and it's only gonna be two, is this first segment of the show. I am going to break down the podcast that I was not expecting to come from Jeff Styles this week. It's a very high likelihood that if you listen to this show, the chances are you've already listened to the Jeff Styles podcast. Maybe you don't care or barely know who Jeff Styles is. I don't know where all my listeners come from. Um, I am going to play excerpts, 10 of them, from his podcast. It was about an hour and four minutes long. And I'm going to critique the show itself. I'm going to give pointers in in the direction of I hope people who know Jeff or or have anything to do with his future recordings will listen to my advice and not take it as me just being a dick and me actually giving you some advice because uh, I was I did not like what his producers the production team was trying to do at all and I. Th- think he deserves better than it. Now, I don't think anybody's truly going to care about that all that much, but hey, that's my kind of thing, and I'm going to break that down a little bit here on the front end and then hit some of these things he said. Going forward for this conversation, I'm going to assume you know all the backstory, the tomahawk, the gun, the shooting, the road rage. Uh, the reports that have been available for everybody to read and all the media outlets. I didn't go back down those roads. I picked out some of the stuff that he, was coming from his lawyers and that were from his uh, his vantage point, which he feels has been unfairly uh, just kind of covered up and thrown over the corner and not even paid attention to. And he's not wrong. It doesn't appear. And I walked away from this podcast thinking, maybe there is a lot more to this, but there's also another thing. Jeff Styles is one hell of a communicator. This guy has been um, been selling things, his life, products, services, his entire life, and he's very, very good at convincing people of things. I'm not calling him a liar, not even a little bit, not even close. I actually do believe he is a very, very genuinely uh, honest person in in most ways. I don't believe every time he pitches something that he actually loves it as much as he says he does, but that's true in all of advertising. That's TV, that's showbiz, man. That's not new. That's not that's not something that you should be frowned upon. But um there does seem to be some shoddy police and investigative police reporting and investigative reporting on this. And when I say I shouldn't I said that wrong. Not investigative reporting. The investigators, the law enforcement investigators seem to have kind of taken a narrative they wanted, and you never know. maybe these cops didn't like Jeff Styles. Maybe not. He's certainly been around long enough and and pissed off enough cops in his life. You know I haven't been around but a a, a, a third of the time he has, and I know I've pissed some cops off over the years. They've told me. Um, so it's easy to do, especially when you've been in when, when the radio used to be such a, a, a wide much more widely listened to broader audience anyway back when he was really in his heyday of doing incredible radio every day and calling out anything he saw that looked that looked stupid. He used to be the best in the in the city's ever seen. Now he hadn't done that in the last 10, 15 years because he's older and more boring and, and, and more vanilla and wants to keep a gig. That's what this is all about. He's really hoping to keep a gig and I was shocked. When he when he put this podcast out, I can't believe his lawyers let him do it. It must be a strategy. And uh, I'll get into more of that here in just a minute as I officially start the uh, opening segment. The second segment is going to be uh, a little uh, update on what I've kind of gathered with CFC stuff just for a few minutes. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I did have a official conversation with somebody. Like, this is not, hey, somebody told me this, or hey, this guy I know that knows that guy that was there that one day. None of that mess. This was straight from the mouth of somebody who's right in the middle of all of it, all off the record. So I'll have to tap dance to how I talk about it, but I'll do that for a few minutes in the second segment. And then the fun part, the fun, fun, fun part was... This Saturday, and likes to fight guy wanted to fight me and Brad Steiner from Hits 96 Radio. And you heard the very beginning of a little teaser on the front end from uh, uh, Brad's radio show at Hits 96 on Monday. That was a great segment. I actually thought it was an incredible segment, him and uh, intern Alex. And I wasn't sure if I was going to do this, and I am going to. I'm going to play the entire segment from Monday on the radio, it's about six minutes long, and then I'll 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 add to the front and back of it, and that'll be the final segment. This was a shit show at this bar, one of my favorite bars in the city. Uh, I'm gonna keep names, all names out of it. I thought it was funny, a little embarrassing, not for me, for this guy and his wife, and uh, just a little sad too. It's just what is wrong with people sometimes. And uh, why do why do we react to things the way we react to and why can't we just just check ourselves sometimes and just say, you know what, is it really worth causing a scene in the middle of a bar just because I don't like something I might have heard? Get to that into the final portion of the show. So I apologize to anybody who doesn't know or care about Jeff Styles, but he is one of the most influential people of my life. Um, I was, I don't know if protege was the right word to him, but he certainly was a mentor to me. He was somebody that I've spent my entire, um, adult life. And even prior to adult, to adult life, uh, 16, probably about 17, 18 years old when I first realized who he was 19, when I first started listening, 22, when I first started working at the same company, 25, when I first started working in the same room, 20 uh thirty-one when I first started working with them every single day. And then that all ended when I was thirty-six two years ago. And the station is taking a massive fall ever since. And um I think that was gonna happen with or without me. That I'm not saying they fired me and it all went to hell, but that really is there is a timeline there. And I hate the radio station. You guys know that. I uh, look forward to the day that I can dance on the smoldering rubble of that absolutely asshole management company. And uh, not every employee love many of them, but it's just it's just an embarrassment of a a media outlet. And I wish them nothing but the worst. So when these things happen, I chuckle in one respect, but it is also dealing with somebody who is one of my I mean, I'm not going to say best friends but he certainly is one of the most influential people in my life. I mean, he's up there with old dad, right? I mean, there's a list of five people I could go through, I won't do right now, that have meant the most to me, helping develop me, my character, my um, my integrity, or you know, lack thereof, however you look at it, my uh, professional approach, my approach to broadcasting, all these things that mean everything to me. He is as influential in that as anybody else, and I love him for that. And um, and when I, when I kind of... Took a lot of my frustrations out on him and um, a- after the firing and didn't talk to him for almost a year. And he had nothing to do with it. And when I apologized to him, I mean, he bas- he basically started crying. I mean, so like our our conne- connection and relationship is very important to me. So I, there's going to be somebody who hears some of this podcast today and says, man, Brian's over there once again, you know, just being bitter asshole and, and talking junk. No, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real. I'm nothing if not real. I'm nothing if not genuine. I'm nothing if not authentic. Even if my authenticity is awful and disgustingly rude, crude, and brash and everything else, at least it's real. That's you know that's my rallying cry most of the time. So I've got these clips I'm going to run that I'm going to be honest about what I think about what he says because this is all his re- recall of of the situation with the road rage, the tomahawk, the shooting, and all that. But before that, I want to talk about the podcast he did himself. It's called Jeff Styles America. JeffStylesAmerica.com. If you haven't checked it out, you should. Uh, here's the problem with it. It's not very good. And I, I think Jeff deserved better. Now, in the end, it doesn't matter much. In the end, it it's, it is an amateur outfit that appears to be doing it, I mean, or at least an upstart. You know, I'm not trying to take shots. I don't know these people. MI Productions LLC is the production, quote-unquote, company that did... This podcast, uh, minor inconvenience is what MI stands for. MI uh, Productions, Instagram they have fifty eight followers. Facebook they have two hundred and seventeen likes, and I don't even see them on Twitter, so I don't know how legitimate of a quote unquote company this is. I have a feeling it's a friend of a friend or a friend of one of his sons or some other family member or co- business associate colleague that you know trying to get their cousin's company up off the ground because this this MI Productions is going to get thousands thousands of hits on their on their website because this is a big thing. I mean, when I got fired, my first podcast had thousands of hits. Jeff's 50 times as big as anything I've ever done. It's going to get 10, 2, 3, 4, 5,000 hits probably. But there was just so many weird production elements. Um, they added lots of uh, sounds and songs and uh, uh, sound effects of sorts. That just kind of came and went with no real direction or understanding. When in the end, this should have just been Jeff talking to his audience to tell them something. And instead, somebody who didn't really know what they were doing decided to add a bunch of weird elements that just were absolutely not necessary. And then I'll wrap up the dork uh, audio talk right there. I get it. I'm too close to it. This is what I do I do audio. I do audio editing. I do production of radio, and that's what I've done my entire adult life. So I have a different perspective on on it than the average person. But it just I still feel like if you were just a regular listener, you were still probably thinking a few times, the hell is the X-Files song playing at the beginning of this? Like, what are we trying to do here? Be conspiracy theorists or just get the truth across? And, again, I just think Jeff deserved better. It was very frustrating from a dork geek perspective because that's what I do and uh, do pretty damn well. And I would have I was a little disappointed, a touch disappointed that I wasn't asked to be the guy to produce this. Now, I know why I wasn't probably didn't want anybody to be put in 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 awkward situations. And the toxicity level that I have or that the the relationship that is WGW me, which is a non-existent toxic one. Probably would have been a bad look for Jeff to do, uh, but I, we could have done it and not said my name one time, and I could have I could have made it sing. I could have made it sound so good and put Jeff in his element to to really, really shine and put out there something worth listening to. The good thing for Jeff is is he's a pro about just talking into a microphone. And so when other dude would shut up and stop messing with the show and talking and ruining it, and then playing these odd sounders and let the bodies hit the floor, that stupid song from 15, 16 years ago. He kept playing that in there somewhere. It was so so odd of the, the approach to the production of it, and I'm just a dork for that shit. And it, I just thought it sounded dumb. Anyway, doesn't matter. He got his point across very clearly in an hour, and apparently there's going to be at least two more. JeffStylesAmerica.com. So let's get to... To, to some of the the content from the show, I've got about I've got ten cuts equaling about I don't know eight minutes or so. It's an hour of the show. So if you want to go listen more in depth, then you should. But this is a lot of the the kind of the the nuts and bolts, meat and potatoes, potatoes. Can you What am I? I'm now sounding like Jeff. What is today? Wednesday, too. Sorry. Um, uh, let's see. This is just kind of the beginning. This is a little bit of an intro that I just snagged. I labeled it Jeff's cautionary. Tail. We'll get this thing to started up. The Jeff Styles America podcast.
2: This is an amazing. It's cruciatingly painful for me. Breathtakingly egregious, misjustice. And I can't imagine that the investigator could have gotten to a point in his career where he could have been so inept that he had missed so many points to get this so wrong, and then followed up by all the media that took this. Keep in mind, in the first three to four days, I was seen as the victim. At the scene, I was seen as the victim. At the hospital, I was seen as the victim. At jail, the next day, I knew I was going to be arrested. My God, do you want somebody being able to jump out in your home community and whack a tomahawk at your window and bust it out and not go to jail no matter what's happening? If you get in a fight in Tennessee or Georgia, you go to the principal's office. You go to the police. Everybody gets arrested. They figure out what's going on. They keep the bad guy and they let go of the good guy. That didn't happen in this case. That's the reason I said it. it's a cautionary tale. If it could happen to me, it could happen to you.
1: Well, a lot of the reasons uh, the the saying "Jeff Styles America" became regular on the airwaves over all the years is because often things happen to Jeff that just didn't happen to anybody else, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, poor behavior in certain ways, substance abuse in certain ways. Uh, he said he he'll, he admits it out loud, so I'm not saying anything he hadn't said already. You know, if it could happen to him, maybe it could happen to somebody else. But this is a really tangled up and convoluted story with two people with two completely different stories. And this is Jeff's recall of how this went. So it starts. Is it? Is it? It's in Squaw Valley near uh, Dunlap or wherever he lives out in the sticks. Highway 111, I think it is, coming down that hill, that corridor kind of thing. I've come down. He calls it a mountain, whatever. I've been down it a few times, but it's been a very long time. This is kind of where all of this begins. Instead
2: of passing Styles, it continues. Uh unnamed flip him a bird, following him over to the right-hand lane and drove dangerously, dangerously close to Styles' car. Now when we say dangerously close, I never even saw the grill of this guy's vehicle. He was in my tailpipe. I moved over in front of an 18 wheeler going down a mountain. A mountain 4.2 miles. There's no left. There's no right. There's no exit. You're in a bobsled shoot. You're going down. I got over in front of this 18-wheeler as quickly as I could. He inserted himself into the little bit of space that was there. That's the truth. And that's what pissed him off, was me telling him to back off. Never seen this guy before in my life. I didn't want to ever see him again, but... I did he'd
1: see him plenty more times so that is a uh a concerning situation four four miles down a uh you know not a monstrous man- mountain but certainly a, a a steep grade and there is no real shoulders right and so you've got these I believe this is a back and forth just because I know Jeff and I know dumb assholes on the road and I have a feeling this started off with the oh yeah buddy oh yeah oh oh really buddy like you know that kind of thing initially Now, what happened as it escalated, I'm not going to begin to throw conjecture or speculation in there. I'll listen to Jeff and I'll take him at his word. But initially, I would imagine that there was a little bit of both. Oh, yeah, F you. Oh, yeah, F you. Uh, So there's as they continue down the mountain, Jeff says he basically ran him off the road. I completely went off the road, left front and rear tires in the
2: rumble strip. The rest of my vehicles in the gravel and we're heading toward... A runaway truck ramp. Not the best case scenario. I slow down. I proceed to get back on the road. I've known too many people who have jerked off over into the road after being off and ended up flipping. So I know that you've got to slow down. He slowed down with me to stay behind me. That's the truth. All right. That is the truth. I testified to this under oath, gave several statements. My version of the
1: story has not truly been told until now so the guy keeps following him down the mountain trying to stay behind him or just to the left just to the right kind of in a blind spot all in the way of just antagonizing him on the road out on the way down is what it sounds like coming from jeff this gets all the way down to highway 27
2: unnamed followed him under highway 27 south still dangerously close Styles could see him in the rearview mirror, now pointing at the weapon, which was apparently in his lap. Actually, he brandished it to me in the rearview mirror. All I could see was a trigger guard and a short muzzle. I, it could have been a Tech 9 with a
1: 50-shot magazine. I have no idea. That's really important right there. And, and what, what Jeff's doing during this, this podcast is he's reading between his, his lawyer's prepared statement and then his additional commentary on top of that. And that's a very important part right there. And whether that's true or not, none of us will ever know. But he says he saw him brandish a gun behind him in his mirrors. Now, if that's true, that is a act of uh, I don't uh, violence provoking. Is it illegal? Is it um, what does that mean if somebody does something like that? I, it's fighting words, you know, for the people who do do those kinds of things. If that's true, Jeff does have a major cause for concern and worry here. The only problem we're going to run into here is I don't know how it can be proved. I don't know how it can be proven anyway. And if this guy is on his phone on the phone with his girlfriend, like the 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 testimony says, and his girlfriend is the quote unquote only witness, and what we can all assume is she will corroborate his uh his testimony, then it doesn't matter if Jeff saw a gun in his rear view because there's nobody that can prove it. Now Jeff is speeding through I-27, hoping to get pulled over, which is a very good uh, strategy if that is indeed what happened because if you get pulled over, clearly you bring the law enforcement into it and that settles everything, good, bad, or or indifferent. But that didn't happen, so he got off on 153. Now
2: convinced that unnamed was going to pull up beside him and shoot him, Styles grabbed his military-grade Tomahawk. This is at the light at 153. And what Boy Scout Road, Boy Scout Road, not Grub Road. I've done I've done I've done the mileage point three miles. I looked behind me. There were eight vehicles between me and him. I could see him getting off eight vehicles. I stopped at the red light. Maybe that was a mistake, but I thought I had a buffer. He found a way to get directly behind me, came up, almost hit my bumper. I expected impact
1: he flipped me off again. So Boy Scout Road is the first exit. I think it's the first exit. It is at least the first exit, I'm sorry, intersection, but I believe it's the first light after you get off of 153 and or on to 153 from 27. And then Grub is the very next one up and 0.3 miles according to Jeff. As as chaotic of a situation as Jeff was in at this point, I get a little worried if you don't if you if he's not getting too detail oriented with there were eight cars here and point three there and this over there. I have I have a very difficult time thinking that that stuff is very easy to remember. Um, again, you're, you're trying to convince people. I get it. So you got to make sure you know what you're talking about. But so Boy Scout Road is when this incident happened. When Jeff got in the car and left to go call the police after he was shot, that was at Grub Road, uh, just shy of a half a mile up the road. So Jeff talks about what he was planning on doing, what was in his head as to why he grabbed a tomahawk, considering he had uh, three firearms and other um, weaponry, if you will, for the lack of a better way of putting it. And this is why he chose the tomahawk.
2: It had to stop. It had to end right there. I didn't want to get shot. I didn't want to shoot somebody. I thought if I would just step out of my car, keep, keep in mind, I said, step out of my car present myself in my fullness and had something in my hand that said, buddy, I am not running from you anymore. I don't know what your problem is. I was going to. uh, This was my plan. I only had plan A. Plan B didn't exist. I was never going to use the tomahawk. It was going to be the international sign of what the fuck? What the hell? What is wrong with you? Get off my ass. And I fully expected him to make some
1: sort of, "Okay, man, calm down it would be over. Clearly, he misread that situation. Um, This is where he's going to have trouble getting people on board with believing him in a courtroom. And just one portion of that that I just find to be an interesting way of wording. I was never going to use the tomahawk. It was going to be the international sign of what
2: the fuck?
1: Two, Two things there. I would say that the tomahawk... Might be a lot like a gun when people say "don't, don't break out weaponry." Usually, they use it with talking with guns that you don't intend to use. If you break out something that's looking to cause damage or harm, if you are not ready to use it, you probably shouldn't do that. And then this part is difficult for me. It was going to be the international sign of what
2: the fuck. <laughs>
1: right uh, again. I am sorry to laugh about such a serious situation. Uh, sorry anybody listening in no world scenario situation is the international sign for what the fuck going to be stepping out of a car with a military grade tactical tomahawk. So on the soundboard hotkeys page that will live here forever. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. This is the moments leading up to when Jeff got shot after he got out of the car. I stepped out of my car
2: and I took the stance,
1: but never got to mouth
2: the words because the gun that was already in his lap came up in his hand and was pointed directly at me. And I acted defensively. I didn't have a plan B. I didn't expect to use anything. I didn't expect to have a gun pointed at me, but that was my stand. And when that gun was pointed at me,
1: I reacted by taking two steps Swing the tomahawk. All right, this is the last bit of commentary I'm going to do. I'm going to play the last three cuts I have, and then get out from this segment as it's already gone nearly 30 minutes. And uh, I, I do hope that this doesn't get back to Jeff or other people like Brian's over here making fun of you or making light of your situation. Because I'm not. But that's a very important point right there, and I want to be careful that Jeff is careful and he uh, he has good counsel, and I'm sure they'll they'll work their way with how they word things but everything he just said there i'm having i'm having difficulty with i got out of the car not planning on using the tomahawk why did you have then what are you doing um he he approached and and didn't expect for that guy to have a gun well the guy just you just said you saw the gun earlier and you're worried that you're going to get shot uh I'd also a paraphrase here of him saying that i thought i didn't think i was you know i didn't think he was going to have a gun point at me and i didn't think he was going to shoot me well earlier in part of the prepared statement says That uh, you were very concerned about whether he was going to maybe shoot you while you guys were uh, just down from one twenty seven, Highway twenty seven and Boy Scout Road. You know, I just I want to make sure that you you don't uh, contradict yourself, Jeff, and I want to be sure that uh, everybody understands what they're saying. And these are the reasons these kinds of podcasts are, or these outspoken nature that people most often don't do. This is why counsel normally says don't do it. Because even in your best moments, it's easy to accidentally contradict yourself. So, I mean, I, go, I, go, I watch enough Law and Order, man. I can already hear the cross-examination. So, Jeff, Mr. Styles, you said that uh, you did not expect him to have uh, a, a gun in his hand when you approached his car, did you not? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, here's the podcast to prove that you did. Oh, yeah, okay. Now, Well, so you thought you were in danger, you were concerned about it, but later when you retold the story, you didn't expect it, you weren't sure. I mean, this is a psychological case study all the way around that I'm not qualified enough to start looking into. Those are the kinds of stuff that I'm worried about. And I wouldn't put this out here on my show if I thought it was going to be incriminating to him. He did it first. And I'm not calling him a liar because it is so easy to get crossed up, especially an adrenaline-filled situations terrifyingly awfully scary situations like that sounds like that was it is very difficult to just be like oh here let me tell you all about it i uh yeah at four thirty-two, i you know that you that, that's almost not possible it's just almost not possible and i'm just showing my concern that this doesn't get crossed up in cross-examination early reports were that jeff styles to- told one of the police officers or the investigators that he blacked out jeff on his latest podcast Jeff Styles America addresses that. It, this goes haywire here again. The defendant advised him once he reached
2: unnamed's door that he blacked out the biggest error in there. I've never blacked out my life in a lifetime of partying the most you can't even imagine. I've never blacked out. I remember every dumb thing I've ever done. I promise you. This may have been dumb. It may have been smart. But I remember every
1: single second of it. This is a great point that Jeff makes. That it was it made in the in the reporting or from what I read it sounded like the the other guy I forget his name right now has escaped me said that he had gone to a safe space to call nine one one well he went an awful long way actually
2: unnamed advised he then proceeded to leave the area to find a safe place to call police all the way down one fifty three past Hickson Pike down the rest of one fifty three across the river across the dam turning right onto Amnicola Riverfront. And pulling into the darkest, most desolate place he could find during Riverbend, the fishing pier. A safe place. He also knew he'd shot me and he'd seen me pull over. I'm not sure what he was afraid of, but he is a pathological liar.
1: Coming from uh, Jeff Stiles' uh, defense team, that is something definitely worth exploring and, and cross examining. W- where were you going? What took you so long? Why? Why was the safe space that many miles away? And the final cut I have here on the Stone On Air podcast, Jeff uh, dug some dirt on this guy. It was very RTN would be very very proud of uh, the the pictures and the rap sheet that he's got at Je- uh, jeffstylesamerica.com Again, I'm forgetting the guy's name, but uh, Jeff Styles talks about the the rap sheet, if you will. Of uh, of the other guy in this incident,
2: Bullington advised he slowed down to create some distance
1: it. from the defendant, but eventually caught up with
2: him at the red light on Highway 153. True, he did slow down because he was on a suspended license from a crime he committed on December 23rd. It had actually been dealt with on June 5th, ten days before my encounter. He had no right to carry. He was on a restricted license, but still, I got charged.
1: So that's all I got on that. And as I mentioned earlier, the podcast production that he did, the team, the company, whoever that did it for him, I, I was not happy with the way they put it together, and I feel like Jeff deserved better. But the, the bulk of the hour was just Jeff talking into a mic, and that's all you really need. And he got a lot of real good points across. I think there was a touch of contradiction, and I think some of that was just because of the just memory is just so difficult to deal with. And when you go over and over and over something – it's it's difficult to to truly remember how things go. After a while, I think you start to paint whatever your picture is as absolute gospel, and I think that comes from both sides of a criminal uh, investigation. I think all this stuff is so he- much more heavy and uh, and and difficult that I don't know how I would deal with it or what how I would present it. Jeff always says, "If you're guilt, if you're excuse me, if you're innocent, if you're innocent, scream it. If you're innocent, scream it, scream it." Don't just say it. Don't just, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let my attorneys talk. If you didn't do it, say you didn't do it. And so there's the authenticity. Jeff came through with what he's always, the advice he's always given to people. If you are innocent, then scream it. Tell everybody. Don't stop until every single person has listened and heard your story. You know, that doesn't always work because of the exploitation that comes from all the little gray area of the world of law and the scummy nature that can be defending or or prosecuting a case. So at least he's practicing what he's always preached. If you're innocent, tell everybody who will listen about it. And that's what he did. Listen to all the details. There's so much more in the podcast at JeffStylesAmerica.com. I wish the best for him because I love him to death. But I'm concerned for him because I don't know if he has enough evidence to be cleared of all of this. On the way out here, this is Warren Zevon, one of Jeff Styles' favorite artists of all time. And if not Jeff's love for Warren Zevon, then I would have never fully appreciated what it was because he would have probably just been a guy who I know a few songs. But because of all the years of hearing Jeff talk about Warren Zevon's record uh, records he used to have and stories throughout his life... That involved listening to Warren Zevon. It made me appreciate it that much more than I ever would have. Again, another reason why he's one of the more influential people I've ever met. This is Keep Me In Your Heart from Warren Zevon. So coming up next, I was with Brad Steiner drinking on a Saturday in the middle of the day. Mostly sober. Actually, completely sober, really. And uh, and some guy wanted to fight us. Get to that. And um, the latest that I've got on the CFC, which isn't much. But just kind of get a uh, touch on that. At the beginning of next segment This is a Stone on Air podcast Stoneonair.com At Stone on Air on all social media This is Stone the most listened to podcast in the city of Chattanooga My name is Brian and I'll be right back
3: the house. Maybe you think of me and smile You know I'm tied to you Like the buttons on your blouse Keep me in your heart for a while Your thoughts take me to your dreams touch me as I fall into view and when the winter comes
2: stone on air will be right back cool stone on air.com
1: Uh, I had to do a lot of production and recording all in the same day, which leads to a annoying day. And I was going to do a little montage of, I don't know, Seinfeld and Family Guy, things you've heard of about people talking about wanting to fight, like Fight Club and whatever else. I can't think. Yeah, I don't want to fight. I can't think of an example right now because I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff all that close. I'm a lover, lover, lover. And so I scrapped the deal early on in the uh, production process on Tuesday night. I, started, I was like, maybe I could throw this together real quick. And I started doing searches for all the, the typical uh, entertainment outlets and options. And I just wasn't finding what I was looking for. Like, oh, I, I oughta, you know, Popeye, I'll beat you up. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. So I figured we'll just keep it simple and go with Tom Petty. I'll get to the uh, likes to fight guy here in just a couple minutes, and I'll keep this pretty short and wrap it up here pretty soon. I am uh, tired and ready to call tonight. But so CFC has been a little lulled for a week. Everybody knows what everybody knows as far as the new teams coming with the from the USL D3 league, and then the, where's the CFC going to play? The contract is up in September. And I had all but just assumed that the CFC had already turned that page and ready to move away from uh, from Finley and just start their new life or their new, I don't know, uh, just whatever their their new environment going forward is going to be, it's time to start doing that or at least thinking about what that is. Based on conversations I had that were all off the record and just b- between uh, f- friends and conversation because – we wanted to discuss it and no this is not a hearsay speculation kind of thing but I'm uh, so I'm going to be very vague and I apologize for that but I have to be uh that is not at all the case and the 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 fight to stay in speaking of fighting the fight to stay at Finley and get a contract that they that, that works for everybody involved is still very much on they have not surrendered to the situation and are just going to move uh, in a different direction yet now if they have to I, it sounds like they are perfectly ready and willing and able to to do that but that is nowhere near on the on the radar right now. It's not even an option at this point which eh, probably needs to be at least something you you whisper because if this doesn't work then you got to have a plan B but the goal to play CFC soccer at Finley Stadium is still very very much a thing. And uh, they have about a month to figure that out. It says that the deal's up in September. I don't know if that means September 1st or September 30th. I don't know what that means. But either way, that's either a month and a half away or two weeks away or one month away. All of those are be- very short periods of time. And um, many times also talking uh, about this with in a speculative nature because I don't have I- – I haven't got any real facts until today completely off the record as I mentioned – but many times I said that I don't believe anything here illegal has happened. It doesn't appear based on the information that I have been given, gathered, read, uh, acquired as the same way everybody else, regular population walking around, the little bit of insight I've gotten from people who have a little bit of no. All of that combined, all of that equaled, all that gathered together to me did not hint that there was illegal activity here. It seemed like it was just betrayal in business and backstabbing and just how could you well you know in business that's just suck it up bro that's how it goes that's capitalism that's what everybody wants right that's the way we're supposed to do things around here well it turns out that that's not necessarily true and there might be some some coming to light of some things like decisions being made by people who weren't who were not authorized to do so there might come out with conversations of people who weren't paying money to the places they were supposed to in a timely manner or sometimes at all. Uh, there, there's two or three, four different layers to this uh, entire power play, power structure of people involved with a highly profitable couple of entities. And it doesn't sound like necessarily every single buddy's been playing by all the same or even the, the legal rules. Now, that's still up for, uh, for debate. It's still up for investigation, quote-unquote, if you will. It's one man's opinion versus another in certain ways. It's, you know what is it, the half a dozen, six in one, half a dozen in the other. It, when it comes to big money or even small money, you can move mon- numbers around to manipulate your situation. So this isn't quite as simple as I'm leaving to go do another soccer thing, see you later, chumps. And just it's not quite as simple as okay, well, we're just you know we're screwed. We all got nowhere to play. Uh, actually, no, I got a little dirt on this guy, we, and and now it's war, and now it's war because the betrayals are real. The betrayals that we all already could see from the news reporting and what we've what we know about it. There was some deep rooted betrayal and greed and selfishness that was involved in all this on a lot of on a lot of different levels, and there might even possibly. Be some uh, some legalities there. That's all I'll say. I'll leave it at that. And as it comes out, we'll all find out together because I don't have people that are going to feed me with much information. Normally, they're just going to give me just enough to you know maybe give me a, another reason to talk about it here on the podcast or on the radio or on social media, but. I'm following it close, and I'm staying. I'm staying pretty much down the middle. Uh, the people I've talked to, they, everybody involved. I'm friends with a handful of them, and I, I want to stay friends with everybody. But I can't not talk about it for two reasons. One, this is kind of what I do, and two, it is something that I I value very highly in this city. That property, that stadium, that pavilion, uh, the teams that play in it, and uh, the markets and anything that involved with that property since 1997. I'm a champion for, and uh, I will continue to discuss it, look into it, and if if people need to be called out for, for wrongdoing, they will be. At this point, I don't have anything solid, but I do know that this is way more convoluted and com- complicated than we already thought, and we already thought it was pretty damn complicated and convoluted. Okay, all right, so let's get to Saturday. That would have been the 11th, August 11th, I'm at one of my favorite bars. I'm not going to... It's the Feed. Jesus Christ. Of, course, yeah, of course, I'll say where. The Feed. That's dumb not to. I'm not going to name any other names, but that's my bar. That's my place. That's where I go. I, uh, I was having a great day. Uh, it, it was just, hey, I don't really have any plans. My friend Brad said, hey, and we haven't barely talked in the last few weeks and had some stuff going on. He just wanted to get off his chest, and so... We're, um, you know, we're hanging out and chit-chatting like we always do and do, you know, all the time. And uh, talking CFC, we're talking the heavy stuff in life, we're talking whatever. And um, we end up at the feed around 3 or 4 o'clock, and I'm going to play the entire segment from Hits 96. It's six minutes long here in just a minute. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give more of my thoughts because we, the both of us have... Uh, when you're something like it's happening so fast, it's, you forget portions of it. And I want to touch on a few things that Brad might've forgotten about. And he only has, boy, I can't believe he even had a six freaking minute segment. My God, I'd love to have a six minute segment on radio, but uh, I already pushing his luck, maybe on music radio anyway. But so we get to the feed in the middle of the day and I had just had where we first started. We had two, I had two beers, and then we, I'm just drinking light beer, and then we're there. I think I was into my second or my second beer there maybe, so that would have been put in at four beers, and I had a water, too, and I don't know. Some people might think that's a lot. For me, that's absolutely nothing. It's a drop in the damn bucket, and this guy doesn't like what he's hearing from us, And so I'll touch it up a little bit more of my perspective here after I get to Brad Steiner, Intern Alex, Hits 96.0. One hundred thousand watts of the unpredictable drive home on Monday afternoon.
0: All right, so you know my buddy uh, Brian Stone, yeah, we're good friends of Stone ours. Stone on Air, the Stone on Air podcast, yeah. Uh, so he, me, and him decide to go grab a few drinks and do some day drinking on Saturday. Really, my favorite thing in the world to do on Saturdays is to day drink. Start uh, pretty early. Uh, this day started a little bit later than normal because Brian had had a tough, tough night before, so we got a, a late start on it. So we, uh, we start the day at some place. I don't really, rem- I don't even remember where we went, but then. We went to a very respectable restaurant slash bar around 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. Things were normal. It was a normal conversation. We were just sitting at the bar like we always do. I have a rule. What's my rule when I go to a place with my buddies? What is the rule, Alan?
3: Well, you always sit at the end of the bar. Okay. That tends to be your spot. spot. Sure. Uh, The other rule is... uh, You always sit at the bar. Always. Or the high table. High table.
0: Take a high table. I never feel comfortable sitting with one of my buddies... At a low table. Yeah, it is very odd. It's an yeah. uncomfortable feeling. I don't like it. So we always sit at the bar or high table. So we're sitting at the bar. Four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it well, was, a time for fighting. So it's a it's a it's sort of a packed <laughs> place at the time. And so around the corner, I noticed. Just a couple of people sitting there. I don't think anything of it. But you know me and Brian. We tend to be a tad loud. We do talk at a very elevated no, decibel level. I mean, I just us. just who we are, and nothing we can do about it. And so we're literally just going back and forth, talking about nonsense, talking about our radio, uh, talking about work, talking about. I mean, he works right down the hall, so we we interact with all the same people. We're talking about life. I don't know, and you know about not only are me and Brian sort of loud. We curse a lot. We're curse. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. we like we drop we drop some curse words. I think occasion. he's Person, you are. And oh that my takes God, he's no, terrible. No, yeah, no, I'm. No. Yeah, okay, I could be the gold standard in cursing. And yeah, I don't think anything. I don't think anything of the conversation. Brad's definitely worse nowhere than me. around the corner of the bar, one seat over, but around the corner. This very. Large. He's a very burly Southern man. How about that? I won't call him a redneck. He's probably a very fine man. He's got a racing hat on. He's he's uh, dressed I don't like know he just got off his golf course. But you know, he never played golf. He's too big of a dude to play golf. I don't so know if it's he a uh, stops. He goes, "Shaneans Blark on the radio, huh?" And we're like, "Oh, this must be a a, a listener, a, a fan." Oh no. I said, "Yes, sir. This is what we do. We I work at blah blah blah. Brian works at blah blah blah. Has his own podcast. Have you ever heard it?" He goes, "Nope." It's like, "Oh, okay. Well, what do you listen to?" I'm now I'm intrigued. I'd love to know more about this person. Don't listen to anything. Oh, but you listen to music, though? You probably don't listen to radio. Do you listen to music? Nope. When he's with this woman. Lady, uh, ma'am, what do you... Do you (laughs) listen to music? She doesn't listen to anything. Don't talk to her. (laughs) And I'm like... Okay, I have misread the situation entirely. Brian starts trying to, to interact with them; it's not working at all. At this point, now I'm confused. I don't know what he's jumped into our conversation for. Now I want more information. I was like, "So what? What got you intrigued? I mean, you don't listen to music, you don't listen to the radio. What is there something something wrong? I've just been listening to you two go back and forth, screaming mf gd, <laughs> screaming this, screaming that. Screaming. I just wanted you to shut the hell up. Fair point. Okay, sounds good. A- <laughs> There's kids on. All over the place now that's when I started taking offense because I looked around there were no children anywhere
3: there was no children well, he meant around the world anywhere. so I looked back and I, I this is when I got really passive. oh no I know exactly the look you tilted your head down Adam and you always yeah. you roll your eyes up slightly you look around yep. And then, and then you probably said there are no kids here. Well, I, I
0: looked back at the person behind us and, "A ma'am, how old are you? I'm sorry to ask. Oh, you're not a child, sir. Are you a child? I started looking. Is that
3: around. a baby? Yeah. You're playing Lord Tacos. Is
0: it a baby? I was asking for children. I was asking the bar oh, okay. if there were children there present. There were no children, and so that's when he started getting really frustrated. He gets up out of his seat. He puts his steak knife down. He's eating a steak, right? By the way, that's covered in day one sauce. Oh, ruined it. <laughs> he comes. He gets up. Uh, he really, sauce. This giant man is now in my face and he's he's talking so loudly that he's spitting and I said sir uh, you smell terrific but the barbecue that you're spitting in my face has got to get further away from me so I sort of push him away. Oh no. I mean he's in my face. It's like please just back off. Brad and has so had then himself He well. starts yelling at Brian so he, he puts his big giant fat gut on top of me and he starts getting in front of Brian's face <laughs> and I'm like man all we had, did was ask you about what you like to listen to etc. He's like I listen to Tool and Metallica and I said uh, well sir I'm sure they've never cursed in
3: any it's sort of true.
0: tool or Metallica yeah. song ever. So how do you feel about that? they like, ah! that's when he started <laughs> losing his mind. The manager comes over and now is grabbing him off of us. He's, he escorts him off of the property. The people next to him are like, this is a nice place, but that guy's making this terrible for me. They literally leave the meal. They don't even pay. The women next to us are screaming at the fat guy saying, you're at a bar, dude. What do you expect people to be talking like? All of this chaos is working around us. And by the way... Me and Brian can be sort of hotheads. We're the only calm ones in the entire building. Everybody's losing their minds because this fat guy is getting crushed now. So now they escort him off the property. <laughs> we start talking to the bartender. Like, Man, we're sorry about that. I have no idea where that came from. No idea. He just butted in out of nowhere. And the girl at the bar said, oh, no, that's fine. He does that about once a week here. <laughs> oh, Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great yell that's preview. That's not exactly what he's she said. He's there once a week yelling at people about what they say at the bar? That's a good bit.
3: I like that idea. It's
0: just a random guy screaming at people at the bar. Trying to get him fired up? That is madness to me.
3: Absolutely <laughs> mad. I don't think that that's what she said, back. actually. I mean, he just keeps coming back. Our friend Daly can't get into any bar in town, and right. he's probably never actually gotten into a screaming match. He's right. probably done some other terrible things. This, but guy,
0: never... this guy tried to drag us outside. Meet me outside. <laughs> I drive an F-150. Come on by. Of
3: course. Of course you do. What I mean, a I... lot of people do. You think I'm get going outside? I mean, that guy. I bet you and Brian had the good fellows your way out of the place <laughs> through the kitchen to get to see. <laughs> "Sure, you. happy birthday." Yeah, and that's no on kidding. your birthday. It was on your birthday, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It
1: was actually the day before Brad's birthday, but that's a segment for Monday. And yeah, I mean, Brad's embellishing a little bit or a little hyperbole in there for the sake of a you know comedic relief. Most of that is pretty true. I don't know if he had a NASCAR hat on. I don't think he said he drives an F150. Um what I do remember specifically is when it first started up, uh, we're sitting there at the so we're at the corner of a bar. So just imagine we're on the, the 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 middle portion facing the bar back in the TVs and then it goes around to the left at the corner and then this guy and his wife are on the other side and there's a seat next to Brad and there's a seat next to them. So they're not next to us. And they're around the bend of the bar, but they are close enough to hear us if they want to. And uh, there were actually some younger children in there earlier when we first got there. But at the time that all this was going down and he was yelling at us, there weren't kids then. Doesn't matter. Because they were on the back wall where they have these uh, booths there. And that's uh, that's 20, 30 feet away from us. We weren't talking so loud that the whole bar can hear us. That was not the case. We were talking about lots of things. And probably cussing as we discuss it. I honestly don't remember. I can't even think of what it might have tipped the guy off. What happened was, is he was he caught wind of something we had said at some point and it grabbed his interest at least for a second or his disdain or his whatever. And then he then zeroed in on us and eavesdropped for a while. This isn't he didn't just hear one or two things. He sat there and listened and listened and listened and listened, and he seems like the type that won't let his wife talk unless he allows her to, orders her food, those kinds of things. I'll get to why I believe that in a second. And so I think maybe he had her on mute and he was just dialed into us. And when he couldn't take it anymore, he decided to jump in. And it was started off with a say, hey, "So what radio station do you guys work for?" And it did sound like a legitimate question. As Brad said, to answer's the question, and then he goes, "Well, I mean, y'all been, y'all got enough GDs and MFs to go around for everybody around here." Like, oh, okay, um, I don't know how Brad reacts to these situations. Me and him t- together have never dealt with this at the same time. I, I don't know if uh, I feel like maybe there was a little following my lead to a little bit. I don't, you know, mean to say that I'm the guy and he's not, but I love this situation. I absolutely love it. The only thing I don't love is that this is my bar. This is my place. The feed is are my people. And that, you know, I don't want to be the guy starting trouble, but that's, that's just the thing. I wasn't starting any trouble. So I started massive pass- passive aggression. And so did Brad. Once Brad realized it too, we tag teamed it, man. We were killing it. <laughs> we were killing it. And so, oh yeah. So what uh, what radio station is that? Oh, I don't listen to radio. I don't listen to radio. Just as Brad was saying, well, you listen to uh, music, what do you listen to? I don't listen to music, ma'am. What do you listen to? She doesn't listen to music either. Okay. Good. Did you order her food too? I mean, I, I don't know. It's kind of strange. And so like, it just, and just continue to be involved, continue to just wouldn't let it die. And we knew exactly what we we're doing. And he even said it two or three different times. I see what y'all are doing. I see, I see what you're doing over there. Okay. All right. What, what am I doing? And at one point early on, he just said, well, I guess I probably shouldn't have gotten involved. I probably shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't have gotten involved. Well, but you did. So what are you guys doing later on? How's your day been going? What's been going on? Likes to fight, guys. All brawn, no brain types hate this. This is how you intellectually dissect somebody and just kick them right in the you know where. You don't have to do anything. You don't even barely have to try. All you have to do is have some self-control and understanding of the situation and like a touch of human idiocy psychology, which I feel like I'm a master at. It was so good. (laughs) At first, I was loving life. I was laughing inside, and we just kept this going for 10, 12, 13 minutes. I don't know how long it was. It took several minutes before it really started to escalate. And... So when, as, as Brad was talking about, when he comes around and he gets in Brad's face and then he does do the lean over Brad and gets like, and then now their heads are like just so awkwardly close together and he's looking at me and I don't remember what he said, but I, that was when I put my hand up in the air and like, I'm asking a question in, in class. Right. And I just, I, I didn't yell, but I talked at a, at a high volume and I just said, Hey, um, is everybody seen this right here? This this guy wants to fight us. I just want to make sure that we've got a documentation of this. So you guys seeing this? And it was about that point that uh, the manager came over, and I don't remember his name, and I, I do like him a lot. I like everybody that works there. That's the thing. That's when I started to realize it might be time to dial this down. And, uh, but Brad, he had different thoughts. <laughs> he, did, he wasn't thinking, oh, this is my bar and my place. Cause it's not his bar and place. He likes it just fine, but it's not, that's not where he frequents. It's definitely where I frequent. And uh, he continued to do like well, so uh, so. I mean, are you playing around the golf later on. I'm making stuff up now. I can't remember what he was saying. But this guy is so hot and so mad, and everything Brad says now is making it so much worse. And the guy, the manager, is looking at Brad and twice said, "Seriously, dude, are you going to keep doing it seriously?" And I kind of tapped Brad on. The, it's just hey, you know, I didn't say anything, but like, all right, let let's let's abort, let's cut and run. <laughs> I think we've made a sufficient point uh, at, at, at the present <laughs> time we're at here. And he is right. The girls next to me, they're from Nashville. We talked about it for a while. They were like, hey, man, what do you expect? There's nothing. You know, they were on our side. The other ones on their side were like, this is crazy. What's going on around here? It wasn't quite chaos, but it was this middle of the day rift that just didn't make any damn sense. And this is what made it even crazier. And I'll wrap this up here in a second. So I noticed that the manager was talking to the guy almost like he knew him. It seemed like it was more than just a, hey, you're some random guy. You need to leave. It seemed like he was handling it with, you know, white the white glove treatment. Like be trying to be as, you know, I just thought, okay, this guy's just being really respectful in this. And good for him. Later, we talked to the bartender. I, Brad said that dude, like, or she said that dude comes in there and causes problems every week. I, I don't think that's what she said. I don't know or really care all that much, but point of what makes this even crazier is later on so she basically says he's a regular I call my friend who is the or text him the the ex-husband of the general manager of the feed and I said hey you'll never believe what happened and I laid out the story and he's like describe the guy to me and I described him, he's like dude that's blank guy's name I can't even remember what it is I told him I wouldn't say it out loud yeah everybody knows that guy every he's like great he's in there all the time It's like, yeah, well, I got a different opinion. I don't think he's great. I think he sucks, actually. Next day, I'm at work at my day job, and there's other people that are, you know, that I work with that are in the community doing events because of the nature of the beer business. And it's like, yeah, yeah, so-and-so wanted to beat him up at the feed. Like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. He's great. Another guy. Oh, yeah, that guy? Oh, yeah, he's great, dude. Swell dude. Yeah, well, (laughs) he sucked on Saturday. And uh, so I, I I haven't gotten a hold of anybody over there to apologize. I apologize to everybody working that day, but I wasn't, I wasn't genuinely apologizing for anything we did because we didn't do anything. And I'm not in the business of apologizing for things that I don't do. But as we were getting done with that, I remember even saying, I was like, well, <laughs> we got content at least. It was nuts. It was close to chaos. Chaos is probably too strong of a word, but... Um, yeah, if you come at me and try and come out of nowhere, and, and especially in something that doesn't make sense, or even if I do deserve it, because I've been there's been times where I deserve to have my ass kicked, no doubt in my life, I I'm not gonna give you. It's not gonna happen. And if you can't if you can't check yourself and cool your jets, you're you're intellectually gonna look like an idiot when this is all said and done. I'm gonna passive aggressive you to death. And I'm going to keep a smile. It might be a smirk, but it's still a smile. And my emotions are not going to boil over. Yours are. Theirs are. Other people's are. Not mine. Because I don't care. This doesn't mean anything to me. For some reason, you're the person who who can't keep their their emotions in check. This doesn't mean anything to me. And uh, I'm going to win that one every single time. And whenever you're getting into any kind of uh, confrontation and it, everybody's looking around like, who's the bad guy? who What happened here? And somebody else gets, gets kicked out, and you sit there and you don't have any any reservations to sit around and finish your beers and maybe have a couple more afterwards, that's a win, man. I kicked that guy's ass. Likes to fight guy got his ass kicked by me and Brad Steiner on Saturday afternoon at the feed. Now, he walked away unscathed on the physical nature The guy felt like an absolute dumb asshole on the inside when it was all said and done. So if nothing else today, this podcast now gives us this new soundbite. What
2: the fuck? (laughs) It was going to be the international sign of what the fuck? (laughs) The international sign of WTF. What the fuck? It was going to be the international sign of what the fuck? (laughs) And
1: uh, if that's all we got out of this, then I call this a pretty good day. My name is Brian, at Stone on Air on all social media. Thank you so much. I love you to death. We'll do it again next week. Rail and Hops coming up August 25th. What else? What else? What else? What else? I think that's it. Y'all take care. Have a good week. Talk to you next week. Bye.